0: You're listening to the audio podcast of The Weekly Message preached at Central United Methodist Church. We're located in the Ballston neighborhood of Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us on the web at cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation, where we worship God, serve others, and embrace all.
1: Our scripture today is from Matthew fourteen, thirteen through 21 when Jesus heard it he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself but when the multitudes heard it they followed him on foot from the cities and when Jesus went out he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick when it was evening his disciples came to him saying This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, Bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks you to God. God.
0: So this is our fourth week and final week of hearing this gospel lesson. I have to tell you, I have at least two other sermons I could have written and continued this series. As you turn scripture over and over again, you look at the beauty from a different angle. It's amazing what God will show you. And I imagine that some of you, if you sat with this text for a whole month, you would probably find new beauty that I didn't notice. But because this series is called Imagine... Today I'm going to ask you to use your imagination. So you're welcome to close your eyes if that helps you. I want you to picture that you were there in the crowd that day. You're sitting on top of a hill in Galilee. The sun is warm on your face. There's a salty breeze coming up from the sea. You can smell the salt air. You hear the crash of waves far away. The ground you're sitting on is hard and dry, it hasn't rained in a while. You're sitting on some scrub grass and it pokes your hands when you lean back. Your family and your neighbors are sitting all around you. It's amazing how many people are here. You hear people sneezing, shifting positions, whispering to their friends. You hear babies crying and children running around behind you, their parents trying to hush them. But amidst all the sounds of the crowd, you focus on the sound of one voice, the voice of Jesus of Nazareth. He's the one you came to see today. You've heard so much about him from your neighbors. They said he does miracles and he can heal people. He knows about God. It's worth taking a day off from work to go and to see him. And so here you are. You've been here all day. You feel your belly start to rumble, reminding you that you're past your usual supper time. Even though you're hungry, you don't want to leave to go get something to eat because you don't want to miss any of the miracles that Jesus is performing. You look around at the others gathered there in the crowd who came to meet Jesus. There's a family down the hill on your right. Too many children and not enough money. They're not from around here. The father came looking for work, but that's been scarce. They don't blend in with the community. Nobody wants their children to play with their, nobody wants those children to play with their children. No one even helped them by bringing food when their baby was sick. They came today, half expecting to be turned away or shoved to the back. But instead, they were welcomed. Jesus himself saw that family when they came in. Peace, said Jesus to the father. Peace, said Jesus to the mother. Peace and joy, said Jesus to the children. Make sure you sit where you can see, Jesus said. I'm so glad that you're here today. You belong. And so that family to your right listens to Jesus. And for the first time, they feel like this new place might be home after all. There are twin boys behind you, 16, maybe 17 years old. Their father takes them to the synagogue every week, but they're losing their faith. It all seems so remote, this idea of an all-powerful God while the Roman soldiers are close by. They've heard of groups of rebels, a group that's got weapons and needs recruits. They argue about it with one another while they watch their father's flocks of sheep. One of them doesn't think it's right to kill anyone. The other isn't so sure. They came today because they heard that Jesus might be the leader they're looking for, the one who will free them from the power of the Romans. But when he talks, when he starts to teach, they're astonished. He says things like, love your enemy. He says that's what the kingdom of God is like, a place of love, not hate, a place of peace, not violence. The first brother looks at the second. His face is determined, but he's decided not to join the rebel gang. He's going to follow this Jesus. He wants to be part of this kingdom of God. Beside the twin boys is a woman holding her daughter in her lap. She finds it hard to concentrate on what Jesus is doing because all she wants to do is look at her daughter. She was one of the first to arrive when she heard that Jesus was going to be here. She'd heard that Jesus could do miracles, and her daughter was sick. She wasn't sure if Jesus would help her because she's not the kind of woman who usually gets help. Until her daughter got sick, she'd been very wealthy, privileged. She'd had servants to do her bidding, and she was not kind to any of them. She thought that she had deserved all that she had in this life, but now she knew better. She hadn't deserved it any more than her daughter deserved to be sick and she had lost all of her wealth trying to find a cure for her daughter she trembled as she got closer to jesus carrying her daughter on her hip she stopped trembling as soon as she looked in his face and as soon as she saw the compassion in his eyes the compassion he had for her daughter whom he healed with the touch of a hand. She also saw compassion for her. He said, your sins are forgiven. She could hardly believe it. Forgiven? She took her daughter and hurried to find a spot. She had a heart that was lighter than it had been in years. She smiled at her neighbors and wonder if there might still be hope for her yet. You notice as you look around that there are 12 men who wander about looking busy, looking important, and looking increasingly anxious as the day wears on. You wonder who they are. You lean over to the person sitting next to you and ask. Those are his disciples, you hear. They travel with him everywhere. What are they so worried about, you ask? Your neighbor says, I think they're worried about food. I saw one of them with a basket, but there's no way that one basket of food will feed all of these people. You think back to your cousin's wedding a few years ago when they ran out of food. It was so embarrassing. You cringe a little from the memory. But this is even worse. If this Jesus and his disciples can't feed the people, a lot of the people won't eat at all tonight. Your friend pokes you in the side and says, Look, the disciples are on the move, giving directions to the crowd. People are moving. They're gathering together into groups. You find yourself sitting with the twin boys and the big family and the mother with her daughter, sleeping now. You smile because you don't know what's going to happen next. You look to the front again, and Jesus has got something in his hands. Bread. You hear him praying, blessing the food. He breaks the bread in two. He hands it to his disciples, who then take it towards the crowd. You start to wonder, what's going on? That bread won't feed more than a few people. Who's going to get to eat? Jesus' friends, the richest people, the children? Will it just be lottery? And then, suddenly you notice, the disciples keep passing out bread to every person, to this family and that family, hundreds of families. As they get closer, you realize with a lump in your throat that this is a miracle that you're watching. You're about to to eat a miracle. The bread gets to you and you take a big piece. There's fish to go with it and it is all fresh and delicious after a long day. Everyone eats and eats and nobody goes hungry. The women's daughter wakes up and starts playing with the children of the big family and one of the twins pulls a shepherd's pipe from his tunic and starts to play and everyone laughs and eats and you think this is it this is the kingdom of god and you think thank god for the person who was brave enough to offer their two loaves of bread their two their five loaves of bread and their two fish thank god that person didn't hold back you struggle to your feet as evening sets in You look at the 12 baskets of leftovers. There was one basket for each disciple. Within each basket was more food than they started with. You start to think, who might the leftovers go to? Who didn't make it here today? Who is hungry in the village? You make sure that the big family gets some of the leftovers. And then you take some for your grandfather who can't walk anymore. And you can't wait to tell your parents about what they missed, about what you learned, about what you saw, and about how you feasted, all because of Jesus. Jesus, you turn for a last look, searching the crowd for him. It's hard to see with everyone milling about. Maybe he's gone already. You wouldn't blame him, but then... Just as you get ready to give up, you spot him, and he spots you too. He raises his hand in a gesture of blessing. Then he disappears back into the crowd. But you know, now and forever, you are blessed. You are blessed. We return now to this space in this holy sanctuary carrying with us the memory of our imagining being part of the crowd that day. For the disciples who were there, bustling around, trying to figure out what to do, they could not have imagined how Jesus would feed all those people. But they trusted him enough that when they handed over the bread and fish, they knew that Jesus could do something with it. This story is about scarcity and abundance. About the reality that when we look at the world, so often we see scarcity. And God sees abundance. To tell you the truth, I often feel like those disciples, looking at the numbers, looking at scarcity. So much of our building project over the last three years has been about filling gaps in funding our building started with 4 million then 6 million then 19 million those are big numbers there is no way that i can look at that and see abundance as lane mentioned in her testimony this week our boiler broke and so there is no heat in this portion of the building right now The trustees have to consider our options, some of them are very expensive. This week, we met with our building committee to review our options for moving forward with the building project. This week, I met with Arlington County housing staff to review just one more time if there was a way to get affordable housing units in our building. At the end of all of the suggestions from the staff, there was still a gap of $9 million. It's a week where scarcity feels like it's pressing in from every angle. And I can't tell you how our story is going to end because we're right in the middle of it. One day, another pastor serving this congregation can invite a future generation To imagine what it was like to live through this season in the church's history. To imagine what it was like to be so faithful for so long, working so hard, and then God, God did something. We don't know what that something is yet. What I do know is that God is always faithful. God is always faithful. We just don't know what that faithfulness will look like as our story continues to be written. And that's why we turn to Scripture. To be reminded of the ways that God has been faithful. Seeing how God has brought abundance out of scarcity. Not just this one time, but many times. The feeding miracle in Matthew 14 is not the only occasion in Scripture when God sees the physical needs of people and meets them abundantly. If we look back into the Old Testament, in the book of 2 Kings chapter 4, there is a meal from God that had plenty of seconds for everyone and leftovers. Returning back to the Gospel of Matthew, we know that if we go one chapter later into chapter 15, Matthew tells us of another time that Jesus fed at least 4,000 men and women and children from just seven loaves of bread. Now, some scholars will argue that these two stories in Matthew's gospel are different retellings for different reasons, but others will say that they're different occasions. The point that Matthew was trying to make was that in the first story, there was 12 baskets of leftovers, one for every disciple to take as the disciple went out to tell the world about God's saving grace, to tell the world about how God is a God of abundance. There are times in our lives when we underestimate and underappreciate what we bring to God. We might devalue what gifts we have. We might say, we just have five loaves and two fish. We might say, I just have five minutes to spare. We might say that she is just a stay-at-home mom, or I just sing at church. Instead, we could claim the possibility of what God can do with everything. We have five loaves and two fish. Jesus, what can you do with them? I have five minutes that I can give. How can God make the most of them? She is a stay-at-home mom and able to be present for her children and volunteer in a special way. I sing at church and praise God through music. Instead of dismissing our gifts because we think they might be too small, what if we claim them with gratitude? What if we offered them up and said, God, thank you that I have one dollar to give. Thank you that I have time to serve others. Thank you that I have Five minutes. Today is our Commitment Sunday, as Lane shared in her testimony. It is a time when we can imagine what God will do with what we have to offer. It doesn't matter how small your commitment may seem to you, it is the act of offering what you have that God will take and bless. God will see our church family through this time because God is always faithful. And because God is faithful to us, we can offer whatever we have for the glory of God. Thanks be to God.